Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Phenomenal. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? Today is Friday, March 4th, 2022. Coming up on Roller Martin Unfiltered, streaming live on the Black Star Network. February job numbers out. Massive job growth in the last month. More than 50% of those jobs going to black folks. More than 650,000. Ooh, conservatives are real quiet. I wonder why. We'll talk to the black economists to break down the numbers. Folks, last night, I told you I would be on Dan Abrams' show on News Nation. We would talk about policing and President Joe Biden's fund the police, but Dan didn't decide to make it all about two tweets that I sent out because they labeled me this absolutely huge supporter of defund the police. They lied. A lot about my tweets. Didn't show exactly what I said. And Dan is now double and triple and quadruple down on what took place. Huh. Yeah. Dan Abrams about to get the Roland Martin deconstruction. Y'all don't want to miss this, trust me. Indiana teacher charged with assaulting a student is allowed to retire and receive his full pension. A teacher was also arrested. And staying in Indiana, Republicans said the reason black students do not excel is because they have a lack of respect for learning. In tonight's Education Matters segment, we'll talk with uh, an official with the Indianapolis Urban League about that very issue. And the man arrested for killing uh, the wife of music gazette Clarence Avant played guilty and is facing up to 170 years in prison. And remember that Maryland basketball player uh, who was trapped in Ukraine? He is now safe at home. Plus, we're premiering the first part of our 10-part docu-series, docu The Year of 1619 to 2019, The Year of Return. 
And you don't want to miss that, folks. It's absolutely fantastic. It is time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered. That's right, not the right kind of black. On the Black Star Network, let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. report. The February jobs report came out, folks, today, and it showed big growth near pre-pandemic levels. 678,000 jobs were added, and the unemployment rate fell to 3.8% from 4%. Black women gained more than 50% of those jobs. In his State of the Union address, President Joe Biden urged workers to return to the office and downtowns to reopen across the country. Now, the report shows the economy recovered after the blistering wave of the Omicron variant. Gerald Daniels Jr. is an associate professor of economics at Howard University. He joins us now from Washington, D.C. Glad to have you uh, on the show, Gerald. Let's get right to it. And so uh, it's very interesting. The last four or five months, uh, you've had a couple, of, a couple of jobs reports where the numbers were down. Republicans were crowing. Oh, my God, this is awful. Then what happened? That was an adjustment upward. Uh, where we saw a significant growth. They were real quiet about that. You notice how quiet they were today when this came out, 678,000 jobs at it? It's definitely a great sign. The economy is definitely going in the right direction. It's definitely what we want to see. Uh, we want to see more robust job growth. Uh, the the market is looking a lot better than it has, you know, over the last couple of years. So this is definitely where we want to go, definitely where we want to see the economy growing. Uh, there's still a lot of work to, to do. It's still a lot of work for us to get back to pre-pandemic levels. We're not there yet by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, we still really need to focus on, on, on where we are today. Um, and, and definitely, as you were discussing, with, we're seeing the uh, unemployment numbers for the black community. Those are still not at their pre-pandemic levels. So we really need to still focus in on, on policies that are targeting the black community. Uh, the unemployment rates are still uh, high and higher than, the, than what they were at the pre-pandemic level. So we're still... Still need to stay focused. Uh, and, and the thing that uh, we're looking at, uh, the, uh, Bill Spriggs, of course, with the AFL-CIO, former head of the economics department at Howard University, uh, he, he actually tweeted this. Uh, he said of the 347,000, of the 678,000 jobs um, uh, went to women. Uh, and said women, women have gained shares in construction, wholesale trade, retail trade, transportation, and warehousing, uh, a shift towards higher wage industries. When you look at the numbers... Uh, and breaking it down, uh, when it comes to African-Americans, what are the sectors where we are seeing, uh, again, the type of growth? So more looking at the whole whole picture for the black community, I, I would love to start there. Um, we know that for black men, especially those who are 20 years uh, and above, we're seeing that the unemployment rate has ticked down this month. Uh, unfortunately for black women, it did tick up a little bit. Um, labor force participation rate uh, is higher for black men. 
um, but it's a bit lower for black women this last report. Uh, remembering that, you know, a lot, a lot of the uh, jobs that, that were impacted during COVID heavily hit our, our, uh, the black community in general. And still, we're, we're still recovering, so we still have some ways to go. Uh, but it, the numbers are definitely going in the right direction. Um, we talk about uh, the numbers. Was one of the things that's, that's real interesting, I was sitting here, uh, uh, I was talking about why the GOP is so quiet, and then Joseph Pinon, uh, who is a uh, conservative, he's running for the United States Senate. We've had him on the show in the past. This is what he tweeted back at me. Uh, if you were sick and forced to lay off the, uh, the Roller Martin Unfiltered staff, then you got well and were able to rehire them. That's not company growth, that's recovery. The stats aren't the issue. Portraying the job numbers as historic economic growth is the problem. It's dishonest. Actually, it's not. I mean, facts are facts. If the economy had tanked in 2020 and early 21 and it's recovering, that's called growth. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. I mean, we are recovering. The job market, labor market is recovering. It's, it's, getting, it's going towards... Uh, it's, it's heading in the right direction. Uh, it's, hopefully, if things keep up in, in the direction that they're going, we will be back at our pre-pandemic levels sooner than later. Um, I think we should focus on the bright side that we're seeing here, really uh, focus on making sure that that continues to happen. See, the thing, the reason I find this to be hilarious, as I, as I listen to how conservatives want to spin this, is sort of like we had the um, economic downturn, the financial crisis in 2008, uh, which impacted us in 2009, 2010. And using their argument, uh, President Obama could not hail the, the economy returning because in their eyes, oh, it was because of the financial crisis. Well, th that's the whole point. And so this whole idea, let, let's try to go back to pre-pandemic levels and then try to characterize what is economic growth. No, it's based upon the conditions in which you confronted when Biden came into office. It's, it's undeniable that compared to where we were, uh, you know, during the pandemic about two years ago, we are we're in a vastly uh, superior position than we were in the past. Um, I think that's really where, where the focus should be on, on continuing to, to promote uh, that growth, continue to encourage firms to hire and continue to see, uh, you know, a healthy, robust labor market going forward. Uh, absolutely. All right, Gerald, look, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much uh, for joining us uh, to talk about these uh, great economic numbers. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you, Ron. All right, then, uh, folks. You see, see so, so the, the thing that, that, again, that I laugh about uh, when uh, I see uh, these folks with their whining and complaining uh, is because it totally screws up their narrative. I mean, it just destroys their narrative. Uh, they, they don't know what to do now. They're running around now going, oh, my God, we were talking about how awful Joe Biden is being, how the economy is tanking. It's a little hard to then complain about 678,000 jobs uh, being added last month. As I told you, uh, in January, they adjusted upward the job number from the previous three months. And so one of those months, I think it was like a hundred, I think, I think it, was, it was less than 200,000. They were like, oh, my God, look at this. This is awful. The economy is tanking. And then it was adjusted upward by, I think, around two or 300,000. So what you need to understand is the game that is being played here. And so now what you're seeing is, and then you have to tie, again, the success of getting people vaccinated, uh, the strategies that were being implemented by the administration to the improving numbers. When you see mask mandates being lowered, that's kind of important. When you begin to see 
um, folks coming back to office, that's also tied to the public health policy. See, all these things go together, but they don't quite want you to understand that because they're really more interested in playing politics. And see, here's my deal. I'll give credit where credit is due. I will. Now, when Trump was crowing about the economy, it was a little hard to talk about. He's like, oh, it's the best ever. And that was a lie. It was a lie. And that's what you see. You see lies from folks. We're bringing Michael Imhotep, post, uh, uh, of course, uh, African, African History uh, Network. Michael, again, I, I sort of laugh when I listen to these folks uh, who are upset, whining, complaining about how the economy is doing because, frankly, the Republicans <laughs> are rooting. They're rooting for failure. Absolutely. Yep. And then you, you have a fantastic uh, unemployment report. Now, we know wages didn't go up, but, I mean, look, you had 6.4, 6.5 million jobs created in the first year of the Biden-Harris administration. If Donald Trump had these numbers, Republicans will be singing at the top of their lungs talking about how great the economy is. This is why we got to watch these people who keep voting against our interests. And then when you have still recovering from the pandemic, still there's progress that needs to be made, okay? And a lot of the reason why the e economy is doing the way it is is because of the American Rescue Plan, $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, which passed in, uh, it was signed into law in March 2021. No Republicans in the House or, or the Senate voted for the bill. This is, one of, this is one of the reasons why I think Republicans are trying to uh, speak out negatively against the economy, because they know they're not responsible for it. They voted against the American Rescue Bill, American Rescue Plan. They voted against rescuing America. And, so, and, and, let's also be clear, Michael, they also do not like uh, increases in the minimum wage. Go back to right. my computer, please. This is what Bill Spriggs mm -hmm. tweeted. Average hourly wages were up 5.1% over last February. Let's go, folks but mm -hmm. up 11.2% in the lowest wage industry, leisure and hospitality, on right. the strength of 21 states having raised their minimum wages on January 1st, meaning low-wage workers are beating inflation. So, mm -hmm. the people who were critical of raising the minimum wage, Republicans, right. this exactly. is an example of by wages being raised, they're now beating inflation because there's more money in their pockets. Absolutely. And not only that, when you talk about Republicans being against raising the minimum wage, this goes to right-to-work states. And we know that right-to-work is heavily pushed by the Koch brothers. There's only one now, so Koch brother, and organizations like Americans for Prosperity, okay? And they're also anti-union. So you have, you have, a, re, you have a, a push to unionize a lot of low-wage workers, and then, at the same time, you have an increase by 11.1%, I think you said 11%, uh, when it comes to uh, uh, wages for low-wage uh, employees. So, Republicans are trying to—see, Republicans are trying to take back the House and the Senate in 2022. They want to speak out negatively against this economy. They're not providing any policies that are going to be beneficial to the average American, especially African -American. And the only thing they have are tax cuts. That's all they have. That, that, that's the only economic plan they have. And you're right. They voted against right. the American Rescue Plan, right. did support Build Back Better, did not right. support any of the other plans. Uh, and so the bottom line is 
They actually have no agenda. This is also another tweet that Bill Spriggs sent out. The black unemployment rate fell for good reasons from 6.9 to 6.6%. Labor force participation rose with more successes finding jobs than stuck unemployed. The share employed rose from 57.7 to 58.1%, still worse than the high school dropout unemployment rate of 4.3%. And so, again, when you look at what's happening, and let me be real clear with people, we are not saying the economy is perfect. We're right. not seeing that at all. What we are saying is that we are seeing an improved economy. We're seeing mm -hmm. more people get back to work. We're seeing people who no longer have to, re re uh, uh, you know, of course, uh, 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 rely on unemployment benefits in order for them to be able to survive. And let's also keep in mind, who are the people cutting unemployment benefits? Republicans. Republicans. Mm -hmm. Republican governors. Absolutely. Well, you look at the uh, New York Times. I was looking at the reporting from the New York Times on today's uh, unemployment numbers and uh, or the job numbers. Uh, men and especially black men jumped back into the job search in February. The share of adults participating in the American labor force grew in February as men in their prime working years increasingly found or searched for jobs and as and as many racial groups traced gains a welcome sign for economic policymakers and employers trying to gauge whether and when employees will return. So there's still improvement that needs to be made, uh, but th these, are, these are good numbers in many areas. We want to build uh, upon this, but this is one of the reasons why also, talking about going back to work, why you need to lower the cost of child care, uh, and then at, at the same time raise the federal minimum wage uh, to $15 an hour, which we know uh, Reverend William Barber has talked about, will raise millions of African Americans out of poverty. So we see that Republicans across the board are against these issues that will benefit average Americans, especially African Americans. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just hilarious you're watching to see how this all plays out. All right, folks, mm -hmm. uh, I, I got to go to a break. We come back. Um, why is Meghan McCain having the audacity to diss the Vice President of the United States? Didn't her daddy give us dumbass Sarah Palin? Yeah, we're gonna discuss that next. You're watching Roller Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network. you think it's time to get wealthy? I'm Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, and my new show on the Black Star Network focuses on the things your financial advisor or bank isn't telling you. So watch Get Wealthy on the Black Star Network.
pull up a chair, take your seat. The Black Tape with me, Dr. Greg Carr, here on the Black Star Network. Every week, we'll take a deeper dive into the world we're living in. Join the conversation only on the Black Star Network. You want me to do something crazy, but I don't know what to do. I'm ready to sit here. I'm Chrisette Michelle, and you're watching Roland Martin, unfiltered. I mean, could it be any other way? Really? It's Roland Martin. All right, folks. Uh, so uh, the White House announced that uh, Vice President Kamala Harris is going to be traveling to Europe to meet uh, with officials in three different countries. Oh, that was not sitting well with poor little Meghan McCain. She tweeted this um, 19 hours ago when, when The Hill discussed this. She goes, please, for the love of God, send a serious person instead. Really, Megan? Really? So then uh, Megan decided to uh, weigh in further uh, when she, when she uh, tweeted uh, this out. Nothing like trending on Twitter again for something people say all the time outside liberal circles. Then she tweeted, I believe the actual office of the vice presidency is serious and should be respected. I believe given the gravity of what is going on in Ukraine, a more capable diplomat should be sent to negotiate. She can barely get through an interview with Charlemagne. I stand by my words. Mm, really? You stand by your words. I, the reason I found uh, this to be utterly laughable coming from Meghan McCain is because um, this is the same person who always talked about my father, 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 John McCain, my father. The same John McCain, Senator John McCain, who picked one of the dumbest people ever to be his vice presidential candidate, Sarah Palin, you know, the one who could barely read. Yeah. So, Megan, really? You should never be commenting about a vice president because of who your father picked. See, I want to bring in um, uh, Kelly Bethea, communication strategist here. Kelly, see, the thing that's, that's hilarious here is that, you know, Megan spouts off but let's just be honest. And look, and I've met Megan. Megan in the past has said she liked my work and respected my work, and that's all fine. But look, I kind of went to school for this. I kind of trained for this. This is what I do. I ain't have a daddy who was senator and a rich mama. And the reality is, Megan McCain talked about foreign policy is literally like one of my nieces talking about the space shuttle. That ain't what they do. So you might want to stay in your lane, which is really about being a spoiled rich girl. I think she is trying very hard to stay relevant. Um, as we have seen, over, I forgot how long she was on The View, but in the years that she was on The View, I can't recall a time where she said something that was relevant, and the only time that she said something that was remotely picked up by any media was when she was in uh, contention with uh, Joy or Whoopi, who frankly just stood their ground because they knew what the facts were. Um, they, uh, Joy, Whoopi, and other women on The View have way more credentials and way more credibility and um, just more intelligence, frankly, than Meghan McCain herself. She has basically failed her way upwards, resting on the back of her father's name, her deceased father's name. And it is unfortunate that she does not recognize that and or 
um, ignores that such that she thinks that she can stand up to Kamala Harris by way of a tweet indicating or implying rather that um, Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, is not serious enough to negotiate on behalf of this country um, regarding the crisis in Ukraine and Russia. So, I mean, frankly, she shouldn't be news at all. I, I consider her a troll like every other person who does not have words worth a grain of salt. Uh, the thing here, uh, Michael, is very simple, uh, and that is uh, conservatives, uh, frankly, are scared to death of Vice President Kamala Harris. Let me be real clear. She was under more attack by the Russian troll farms than any other candidate when she ran for president. Yes. And they continue. If they thought that Vice President Kamala Harris was irrelevant, mm -hmm. they wouldn't waste any time on her. They actually are scared to death if she is the presidential nominee in 2024 or if she runs in 2028. Absolutely. They know she's competent, and I had to dispel a lot of those uh, troll farm myths that were floating around. Even when she got the vice president nomination, there was a, there was a lot of misinformation floating around, so I had to uh, break that down on the African History Network show and show why that was false. Uh, but you look at Meghan McCain, first of all, the only reason why Meghan McCain was ever on The View is because of who her daddy was. If her daddy was a janitor at the local high school, we would not know who Meghan McCain was. She's one of the dumbest-ass people. She, 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 ha she is not even qualified to deliver Uber Eats to Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris, okay? So, uh, and then you look at uh, John McCain, her father, Senator John McCain, he had, uh, as his running mate, Sarah Palin, who's probably one of the dumbest uh, uh, running mates probably in the history of the presidency. When, when, you, when you go back and she was asked the question, uh, so tell me, what, what newspapers, what news outlets do you read? She couldn't name one. She couldn't name one. She said, well, I read the, the majority of them, blah, blah, blah. She couldn't name one. So uh, Megan is just trying to stay relevant, okay? Uh, and, you know, this is a bad way to do it. And you, you just look at uh, Tucker Carlson attacking uh, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson, wanting to see her LSAT scores, more nonsense coming from the right wing. So well, they, they feel threatened by intelligent African-Americans, but especially intelligent African-American women. Just so people understand how utterly illogical these people are. I mean, and, and when I say utterly illogical, Matt Manning. This fool, Tucker Carlson, uh, last night, literally, first of all, he's now uh, admitting, oh, he got it wrong on Russia. <laughs> right. But this dumbass, <laughs> this dumbass is actually trying to blame it on Kamala Harris. I mean, he, 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 okay, y'all, if y'all want to see stupid, I, 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 I just got to show y'all stupid. I mean, and, and when I say stupid, like, really, really stupid. L let me pull the right clip up, because I, I just want y'all to get a hearty laugh out of this. Watch this. So if the vice president of the United States interrupts an adult security conference to talk like that, you conclude that whatever crisis they're talking about at the conference couldn't be imminent. They must have plenty of time to fix it. 
And that's why they could afford to send Kamala Harris in the first place, because actually it's not as big a deal as it seems. Clearly, the White House must see European heads of state as equivalent to TikTok influencers. And this is some kind of photo op. That's what we concluded. How could we not conclude that? So well, that's the first, of all, you, first of all, you of concluding anything uh, is because you're an idiot. Uh, but it, it, it's hilarious to, to watch this completely untalented uh, and, um, and, and, and just nutcase. I mean, let, let me just play one more, so Matt, before wh wh how this fool is trying to blame Vice President Kamala Harris for the Ukraine, for the Russia invading Ukraine. If you want to see stupid, y'all, watch this. Even spinning out of control. And that, we must be honest, is shocking to us. We've been taken by surprise by the whole thing. We're not the only ones who were, but we're willing to admit it. The only thing more embarrassing than being wrong in your estimates is pretending that you weren't. So why didn't we see this coming, this total loss of control? Well, because we assumed that if things were dire, serious people would be involved in fixing them. But we looked up and we saw Kamala Harris involved, and that reassured us. Harris had just come back from Europe where she'd been conducting, quote, diplomacy with her allies, and that appeared to be proof this could not really be a big deal. The situation in Ukraine had been legitimately serious, yet the future of Europe and the world hung in the balance, as now so obviously it does. Of course, the Biden administration would not have sent Kamala Harris to fix it. Here we go. Because that's not so, her job. Oh, so that's what it is, Matt. We didn't take Russia seriously because they sent Vice President Kamala Harris. Man, go sit your stupid ass down. <laughs> Matt, go ahead. Oh, and he's a panderer. And he's pandering to all the scared white people who don't like Kamala Harris, and do, who, to Michael's point earlier, don't like intelligent black people who are in high positions. This is, this is ridiculous. This is speaking not to all those people out there who are mad that she is the vice president. That's really all it comes down to. And it's ironic that he would talk about not, you know, uh, accepting when you make a mistake when he has to come on and say he made a mistake in his, estima his estimation. So, I mean, he's a dog whistler, and we know that about him, and none of this is a surprise. No, look, that's exactly what it is, and, and people need to understand why you shouldn't fall for the okey-doke. Michael, you talked about the stopping the misinformation. There's a whole mm -hmm. bunch of black people who were willing participants in spreading right. lies about, about Vice President Kamala Harris, uh, and they were falling for what was being fed. Uh, we now know that the largest Black Lives Matter page that was on Facebook was a Russian troll farm. Uh, we know exactly what was going on. And so when you have the Russian troll farms targeting someone that vigorously, it must mean that they're scared. Absolutely. You, you cut out there for the last couple of words, Roland. But yeah, read, read, read volume one of the Mueller report, pages 22 through 40, that deal with the disinformation campaign coming from the Internet Research Agency, coming from Russia. OK. And when you when, and when you when you go study this, they talk about how the disinformation campaign goes back to 2014, prepare for the 2016 presidential election. And they specifically talk talk about how African-Americans were targeted with this disinformation campaign. But once again, these are, I mean, Tucker Carlson is, I mean, Tucker Carlson and Megan McCain are two examples of white affirmative action. These people have no credentials. They have no qualifications. If, if Tucker Carlson was African-American after he got fired from the first uh, media job, he uh, wouldn't have uh, another actually, one. Actually, he would not have gotten hired the first time. Right, right. He wouldn't have gotten hired the first time. I mean, time. Just, you were not going to have a black dude wearing a bow tie uh, on television <laughs> Uh, cause the white folks would be, oh my God, they hired the 
the fruit of Islam. <laughs> yeah, uh, wouldn't have happened. So, so I mean, T Tucker Carlson is a joke. Now, the question we should ask is why does he still have sponsors? Why does he still have sponsors? This is why I'm saying we need to organize and, and put pressure on these corporations that advertise on the Fox News Network, just like back when Bill O'Reilly got in trouble and groups like Color Change and other organizations put pressure on 80 advertisers of Bill O'Reilly's they 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 uh, withdrew their advertising support, and his they couldn't make Fox News couldn't make money off his show anymore, so they canceled his show. We need to do the same thing with uh, Brother Tucker. There are too many people out there that want to hear what he has to say, though. That's the problem. Yeah, but but he but, keeps, but see, he keeps saying thing. it because there's but, people out there who want to hear it. Well, there's people that wanted to hear what Bill O'Reilly had to say also. Now, Bill O'Reilly did have some uh, uh, sexual harassment allegations. No, 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 right. no, 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 no. They pay a $32 million settlement. Yeah. They pay, yeah, they pay, the they pay million millions upon millions, and it was going right. to cost them more. And so they knew, yeah, he got to go. He got to go. Right, right. They had that. But at the same time, advertisers withdrew support because of pressure that was put on them. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but, but you got but you got to remember... Uh, mm -hmm. Fox News makes a billion and a half dollars profit because right. they also get subscription fees. They have one of the right. highest subscription fees in, uh, first of all, the highest of all cable networks, second highest behind ESPN. And so mm -hmm. they can forego advertising money on some shows because the advertisers still spend it with Fox. They simply shift it to other shows. That's the game that they actually play. And so, folks, we talk about the games being played on cable news. Uh, coming up next, I'm going to break down for y'all what happened last night on News Nation. Mm -hmm. Now, look, here's the whole deal. News Nation is yep. a cable network most of y'all ain't never heard of, okay? <laughs> Folk don't watch News Nation. But, so we're on Dan Abrams' show, and Dan Abrams is considered one of the decent good guys. But Dan Abrams is very pro-police. So Dan decided to actually lie on me last night. And I actually busted him on air. But then he doubled down on the lie when we off air. Yeah, I'm about to explain all of this when we come back on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Y'all might want to buckle up because it's going to get a little funky. Uh, yo, support us by downloading the Black Star Network app, y'all. See, this is why we have Black-owned media, because we can't depend upon those folks to be truthful. Uh, and so download our app. We're trying to hit 50,000 downloads. We've already surpassed 30,000. We're on our way to 50,000. Apple phone, Android phone, Android TV, Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Uh, you can also, of course, support us with your resources uh, by joining our Brina Funk fan club. Every dollar you give goes to support this show. Man, I went to the mailbox today. It was filled with a bunch of y'all sitting in checks and money orders. I appreciate that. P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037. Our cash app is dollar sign rm unfiltered paypal is r martin unfiltered venmo is rm unfiltered zale is rolling at rollingsmartin.com everybody who gives during the next one hour and 15 minutes i'm going to give a personal shout out uh, on the show today uh, and so let's see if we can let's see if we can raise five thousand dollars today uh folks five thousand dollars in the next hour and 15 minutes from our fan base uh, our goal is to get our contributors people to give 50 bucks each a minimum uh, but if you got less, that we understand that, no problem. You can give more, that's great as well. But again, when you support Roller Martin Unfiltered and the Black Star Network, it is precisely to counter the bullshit that you see that Dan Abrams did last night on News Nation and these other networks. And so please support us in what we do. Uh, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. We're going to break this whole thing down. We'll be back in a moment.
Hi, I'm Dr. Jackie Hood-Martin, and I have a question for you. Ever feel as if your life is teetering and the weight and pressure of the world is consistently on your shoulders? Well, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We'll laugh together, cry together, pull ourselves together, and cheer each other on. So join me for new shows each Tuesday on Black Star Network, a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. Hey, yo, peace, world. What's going on? It's the Love King of R&B, Raheem Devon. Hey, I'm Cupid, Omega the Cupid Shuffle and the Wham Dance. What's going on? This is Tobias Trevelyan. And if you're ready, you are listening to and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, folks, welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered here on the Black Star Network. So um, yesterday, my publicist uh, hit me up saying at the folks at, at News Nation, that's a, a cable network uh, started by uh, Nexstar, used to be WG in America. Uh, they, um, they wanted me to, on the show to talk about President Joe Biden's comments at the State of the Union to call dealing with fund the police. Sure, no problem. So uh, we had a pre-show uh, interview. Uh, it's called a pre-interview around 2 p.m. Eastern. The show, they said, hey, you're gonna, your hit time is going to be 9.25 a.m. Eastern. Okay, that's no problem. So again, so I was told, I was told that the segment was supposed to be about this whole issue, the issue of defund the police and Biden's comments about fund the police. That's what I was told. So uh, they sent um, they sent a um, um, they sent a uh, remote truck uh, to my home. Uh, and in fact, if y'all go to my uh, uh, Instagram page, you'll actually uh, see that particular uh, video uh, where uh, where where I did the show. So, so fine, no sweat, that's what we did. So then right before we go live, like right before, they said something to the effect of, we're gonna refer to you as being an ardent supporter of defund the police. I said, well, that, that's not really how you can classify me. I wouldn't call myself an ardent supporter of defund the police. I said, I've interviewed uh, many of the people um, in the movement. Uh, I can speak to their position. I can speak to um, why people have that particular point. Uh, and they were like, so y'all, we were like seconds away from going live. Now, mind you, seven hours had gone by. Seven hours had gone by. And nothing had been said to me about this. And so... Okay, and I said, well, look, uh, y'all gonna call me whatever y'all want. That's fine, we, we're doing the segment. So we, we go to the segment, and um, this is how it opens. Well, look, you've heard me say it on the show time and again. Bad cops should and need to be held accountable. If you want to advocate for certain reforms, I'm all ears. But defunding the police is a nonsensical idea that can't and shouldn't and thankfully won't happen in this country. 
Joining me now is Roland Martin. He's the host of the talk show Roland Martin Unfiltered. He's covered the movement extensively. Roland and I have grown up in this business together. Roland, it is good to see you. So, Roland, uh, what happened? I've seen that you have been tweeting out all cops should be fired, all cops should be prosecuted for murder. What's happening with you? Freeze. 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 So I'm sitting there, come to me. So I'm sitting there, and I'm going, whoa, whoa, why are we starting with my tweets? Now, mind y'all, I was sitting there, and there was not a monitor in front of me. So I could not see the tweets. And so I'm sort of like, <laughs> like what the hell? So look, y'all, this ain't my first rodeo, OK? I'm a pro at this. I know how to segue, how to stick and move, stick and move. And so I, I went right into the conversation. Now, the first of all, the segment was almost 10 minutes. I'm not playing the whole damn segment. I'm not giving them that much free time. Um, but I did circle back to the tweets because it needed to be addressed. Press play. Well, what's happening with me was happening with the folks uh, who are out there uh, committing heinous acts. And again, without getting anecdotal about case by case, because I agree, if cops engage in misconduct, they should be held accountable. What I'm concerned about is a guy with a reputation like yourself, longtime journalist, you've been in this business a long time, you've got a big name, you've got a big following, and you're out there saying all cops should be prosecuted. And I think that's dangerous. No, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. You, you, you forgot something. All cops doing what should be prosecuted? Freeze. What? Freeze. So y'all saw what happened there. Okay? He comes back, and he's saying, oh, I'm saying all these wild, crazy things, buttering me up. Oh, you're a journalist, well-respected, loud voice, whatever. And so I'm sitting here going, really? Now, y'all got to understand, I've tweeted, oh, my God, I can't tell you how many tweets I've sent out. But I don't say just crazy stuff, just, just anything, just without context. So watch what happens next. Well, let's read, I mean, let's, should we pull the, uh, the, the quote from your Go Twitter ahead. again? All right, look, can yes. we put up Go Roland's uh, tweets, uh, tweets again, please? Um, the two that we had in the introduction. I have no monitor here. Every cop, I have no monitor e here, but go Every ahead. cop should be fired. Freeze. Every cop should... Now, leave, no, no, leave it up. Leave it up. So y'all see right there, this was a tweet that was sent on February 5th, excuse me, February 22nd, 2022, from my iPhone at 5.05 p.m. You see it right there, okay? You see nothing below that that's kind of important. Press play. ...to be fired was the first one. And then the second one in response, was every in response cop should be what? prosecuted for murder. In response to what? Freeze. Boom. I'm not crazy. I know I'm responding to something. So you hear me say, in response to what? Which means I know there is context to what I was talking about. Press play. It, it's not a response. It's your tweet. It was, an, it was an original tweet. It wasn't a response to somebody else. Freeze. It wasn't a response to someone else. Right then, I knew he was lying. You can look at my face and watch what I say. Press play. No, no, what I'm saying is, it's not just like, oh, every cop should be prosecuted. If there are police officers, and I've been very clear with this, when you have cops who purposely turn off body cameras, who turn off dash cams, gotta go. 
If you have cops who lie on police reports and we know after the fact that what they said was wrong, gotta go. But again, for bad police, they don't want to see accountability for police. They want to see accountability for police misconduct. And that's the problem. And that's why when you say, again, and, and, and this matters to me because you matter, because your voice matters, because you've got a big voice in this country. And I get concerned when I see Roland Martin, who I've been watching and following for all these years, saying things to me that seem crazy on Twitter. Again, it's not crazy. About, uh, it is crazy. All cops should be prosecuted no, for murder. Crazy. All cops should be fired. It, that, that, that you scares just me. last week, Dan, Dan, last week you had the Department of Justice who moved forward and they had the convictions out of Minnesota. And, and I think and I think that we have a problem in this country with too few people respecting uh, police at this point. Um, well, a lot of look, people respect probably, cops, but again, yeah. you, you don't come back mm. from dead, Dan. Well, it's hard. It's There's hard too many to respect them that are buried people. But Roland, again, it's hard to respect them with the language again that you use. And I say that with respect. Um, because of who you are. I mean, it wouldn't matter if you were some random Man, guy on Twitter. So if, that's the if point. If cops turn off body cameras, they got to yeah. go. All right. If they are committed, be specific. Acts, they got to go. Then be specific. And you have to. Then, look. I, and then I'm very specific. I hold them to you a are, higher no, you, standard. Look, you've been specific always. on this show. Look, but you've been specific on this show. You weren't on Twitter, which is what scared me. No, um, no, Dan, look, Dan. I've been specific right. on Rollerbot Unfiltered. I've been specific on CNN, right. MSNBC. I've always been specific. Well, well, Roland, I appreciate you coming and I, on the I show. I would have loved, if I had a monitor, I would have loved to see the tweet you're talking about. So have your folks email it to me. But trust me, I'm real right. specific about cops who are right. wrongdoing. And, you know and, how they need and to here's be the other thing. I'd love to have you back because um, I appreciate the conversation. Call me I appreciate anytime. you. So Dan said, I need to be specific. So when the show was over, y'all, some of our followers jumped on this thing. Let's show how specific I was. So, here's the deal, y'all. Come on, switch camera, y'all. Come on. Come on. So, here's the deal. This right here is the tweet that Dan posted. Every cop should be fired. This right here is the actual tweet. Every cop should be fired. What was it in reference to? This New York Times story, Jazima Goldring was walking in Atlanta with her friends when police officers arrested her for jaywalking and claimed there was cocaine inside her stress ball. They were wrong, a federal judge said. Now, after five months in jail, she's due $1.5 million. Dan said, I need to be specific. This is specific. This is called a, quote, tweet. Anybody who understands Twitter knows when you do a, quote, tweet, you are responding to the tweet. Dan Abrams has done, quote, tweets. He owns the website Mediaite. They have done stories on, quote, tweets. Let's go to the second tweet Dan showed on the show. He showed this here. Every cop should be prosecuted for murder. That's what Dan ran on his show. What didn't Dan run on his show? Hmm, this is the actual tweet. Every cop should be prosecuted for murder. What was I speaking about? 
This, uh, this Al Jazeera Plus story, where Minneapolis police released video of the police killing of Amir Locke during a no-knock raid, he was 22. Police shot Locke, who was black, three times as he lay on a couch under a blanket, saying he had a gun. Locke was not the target of the warrant and was a licensed gun owner, says family. That's what I was referring to. I was being extremely specific. What Dan's people did was they cut my tweet and posted it this way. Dan said on the show that, oh, uh, Roland, um, uh, this was a standalone. He said it was an original tweet. Y'all, if you edit it, if you misrepresent, this is called a lie. This is called a lie. This is called the truth. Dan Abrams' show right here is the lie. Roland Martin's tweet is the truth. So what happened? Dan got lit up on social media. I mean, I'm talking about lit up on social media, okay? I hit him last night by outing him as the lie, putting it on Twitter, putting it on Instagram, putting it on Facebook. Then other folks start responding. Y'all go ahead and pull some of those tweets up. You're going to see right here what folks were actually saying. It's been 99.99% against Dan. He's been blasted by people left and right. Go full screen, please. Here you got Mark Lamont Hill saying, come on, Dan, clearly you posted Roland S. Martin's comment without showing the context. Now, instead of just saying we should have posted the context of his tweet, you're tempted to place Roland on the defensive. This is a bad look, my friend. Because see, what happened was, no, 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 go back. Because Dan, this morning, posted that tweet at the bottom. See, first of all, do y'all see this here? This is called a quote tweet. Mark Lamont Hill is responding to Dan Abrams' tweet in a quote tweet the same way I did. Dan Abrams tweeted, lots of chatter about last night's Dan Abrams live show. If Roland Martin didn't mean every cop should be fired when he said below that every cop should be fired, all he has to do is say so. Happy to do a follow-up segment. I said so. I literally said it on the tweet. Dan is being disingenuous with what he said. Next tweet, please. Here is Ellie Mistel saying, Dan, here's the thing. If Roland Martin wanted to say every cop in America, he'd have said it, and he'd be defending saying it. You're proceeding from the false premise that black people like Roe are ashamed of our views. We're not. If we have a point, we make it. Yep, he's absolutely right. Next tweet. Tiffany Cross, it's completely inappropriate and dishonest to not inform viewers it was a quote tweet responding to a story. News Nation has failed to find a significant audience for its stated mission to provide a just-the-facts approach to TV news per the LA Times. Clearly not just the facts. Next tweet. Dude, Cliff Albright, founder of Black Voters Matter. Dude, just stop. You're embarrassing yourself. There's no need for Roland to, quote, set the record straight. The screenshots are the record. Just apologize. Blame your producers who cut off the quoted tweet and keep it moving. Next. Adam Sir, altering an image of a tweet reacting to a particular story to remove the story it is reacting to obviously changes the meaning of the tweet. Next. Reese Colbert, this is disgraceful but typical of Dan Abrams' starry-ass part. To alter the image of a quote tweet to present a misleading narrative is the epitome of disinformation. Republicans ain't got shit but lies. Pathetic. 
P.S. When something sounds inflammatory, verify before reacting. Next. You purposely cut the tweet for your own personal gain, which shows your lack of integrity as a journalist. If your argument is solid, then you should have included the tweet that Roland was responding to. Instead, you gave half of the information. Bovary C tweeted this. Next. Boy, bye. You knew what you were doing. You intentionally left out the context, and now you're clout chasing for a follow-up. You tried it. Now take the L and the dragging from these Twitter streets, because we ride for row. That's uh, uh, Mary J, uh, that chick MJ, with her tweet. Next. I wondered at first if he just got the wrong info and ran with it. But to now double down as if that show, that show was so full of integrity is inexcusable. Abrams is showing us honesty is not important to him. Addy 703. Next. If I was rolling, I won't go back on your show. You have shown that you lack integrity. You know he was replying to specific tweets. Deshell B. Next. Robert Stevens, you did a horrible, unethical, non-journalist thing, and now you keep doubling down on it? Pathetic. ABC, why are you condoning this? He's also a chief legal analyst for uh, ABC, and that's why they have ABC in it. Next. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Caramel Coat 8 DME, opening up this app for this first time today and seeing that people are going in hard for Roland S. Martin from last night's BS. Seems like somebody is or should be learning today that you don't mess with the RMU fam. Yep. Next. Uh, uh, Jonas uh, Levin, Dan Abrams, you're trash. Using a legit member of the journalistic community to get viewers for your weak show is desperate and mean-spirited. It's small, too, but you know how you are. Back to my original comment, you're trash. Raising uh, dim women. He absolutely owes you an apology. His behavior and dishonest misleading is no different than what Tucker Carlson does. And this here from your street. So y'all be sure to pull, go to Mediaite and pull up their story so I can reference that. This is why he did it, Roland, because nobody watches News Nation. So he figures, let me yell and lie on a black man because that always works, all caps, not this time. Now, uh, folks, um, I, did, um, I, I did this here is I did put in a uh, call uh, to Michael Korn. Uh, Michael Korn, he is uh, the leader of News Nation. So I'm going to tell you in a second uh, what he said. I want to first pull up uh, the Mediaite story. Now, Mediaite is a media website that does critical analysis and covers various things about media. Uh, Dan Abrams' company owns Mediaite. They literally have done stories using quote tweets. Now, they've even done stories criticizing other media, namely Fox News, when they do exactly what Dan Abrams in his show did to me last night when it comes to taking something out of context and presenting it as fact. And so Mediaite finally posted this story uh, right here. Roland Martin calls out Dan Abrams after fiery News Nation segment on policing. First of all, it wasn't fiery. I can tell you right now, that shit was lukewarm. Y'all know doggone well, I've actually, uh, well, I can show you fiery. And so, no, no, pull this article back up. I want you to scroll down uh, so you see the story. They lay it out in here. Scroll up, please. Come on, scroll. 
Y'all got my, thank you, keep going. So you see what they lay out in here. They got my tweets in here, all these different things. And it was a fair story. Roll, I want to see who wrote the story. I want to see who wrote the story. Roll up. Uh, so who wrote the story there is Jackson Richmond wrote the story. I mean, decent story, but do this for a second. I want y'all to go to the comments on Mediaite's website. Go over to the bottom, go to the comments. I want y'all to see what the people on Mediaite are actually, no, come on, go, go right there. Right, uh, boom. Dan Abrams is always railing against other media figures who do this type of thing. What a hypocrite, and his so-called apology was sorely lacking. Abrams, come back on my show to provide me with more content. Yep, just look at who he hires. Context is something they admit regularly. He lacks the ability to hold himself and his employees to the same standard he expects of everyone else. Uh, Dan, you really should have shown that he was replying to a specific story. Context is crucial. I disown people who can't admit when they're wrong. I lost a lot of respect for Abrams. The next time Dan Abrams scolds another news outlet or host for bad journalism, I'm gonna be like GFI. Abrams has turned into a Republican hack. Just look at this site and the sharp right-wing turn it has taken. Dan Abrams is just trying to get publicity for his failing show on News Nation, so he directs Mediaite to post this bull. I should make it a regular habit now of trashing Dan Abrams until he becomes a better journalist, but that might get me banned. And on and on and on. Nobody is supporting Dan Abrams. This is the statement that Dan Abrams gave to Mediaite, the site that he owns. If Roland didn't mean every cop should be fired, he can say that. Of course, I wish I had had the actual tweets in hand during the segment and then would have responded to him that his words were on top of a linked story about police misconduct. But those words were quoted accurately and still seem unambiguous and much broader than about a single story. But I am always open to criticism and Roland can certainly come back on the show to do so. So, so I had a conversation this afternoon with Michael Korn, who is the news leader at News Nation. And so Michael Korn um, said that I'm certainly welcome to come back uh, and to call Dan out and to correct Dan. Here's the issue that I have. And I have this open invitation. Now, Dan's people have reached out to my publicist, and they're like, oh, he can come back on Monday. So I told Michael Korn that, you know what, I'll mull it. I'll think about it. But here's the real deal. Why in the hell would I go back on somebody's show to clarify what was clear and precise in the first place. You the only one who's confused, Dan. Y'all, don't take my word for it. If you go to my timeline, if you go to Twitter and type in Dan Abrams, if you go to my Instagram page, if you go to my Facebook page, ain't nobody confused about what I said. Like, Maybe two or three people out of hundreds said I was wrong. Then when I hit them with the tweets, they were like, shit, ooh, yeah, he got a point. He, yeah, damn, he got a point. Yeah, I kind of see what, what, what he's saying. So you want me to come back on your show? Now, Dan, it's real simple. 
The only way I'm coming back on your show is if you are going to apologize on your show. You are going to have to let me know ahead of time that you are going to apologize for what you did. Pull that bullshit statement back up. He actually says, y'all, those words were quoted accurately and still seem unambiguous and much broader than about a single story. Y'all, that's a flat-out lie. In in no world, Kelly, Michael, and Matt, can somebody remotely suggest that I was speaking broadly. First of all, y'all have done this show numerous times. Have y'all ever heard me say, fire all cops? We don't need no cops in America. Fire everybody. Who in the heck? First of all, the most ardent, hardcore, defund the police folk would never say some stupid shit like that. Right, right. Dan Avers, he's trying to get clicks and he's trying to get ratings. I didn't even know he had a show on News Nation. You know, I know I know him from ABC being the chief legal analyst from ABC. I didn't even know he had a show on News Nation. I watched... I watched First of all, a lot of folks ain't never heard of News Nation. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I watched the uh, video you posted on your Instagram page last night when I got finished doing the African History Network show. And then I watched the entire nine-minute segment on uh, uh, on your YouTube channel. And and the, the other thing is, is really important here, Roland. If you look at one of the Chirons during that uh, segment, it says, anti-police crowd not happy over calls to fund the police. Okay? This is right underneath you speaking. All right? You're not anti-police. Nope. See what, what what they do is they they create they they create this narrative to draw in uh to draw in viewers to make this go viral to try to increase their ratings. Now you and, now, you, now know, you do know you do know uh who was one of the people who was uh hired as a consultant with News Nation when they first started. Was it you? Bill who? Shine. The former okay. number two at Fox News, but go right. Yeah, Bill Shine. Yeah, yeah, but that, that, but see, that's what they do at Fox News. They do stuff like that at Fox News to throw red meat to their base. It's very disingenuous. So, uh, with, with Dan Abrams, somebody as intelligent as he is, he he should know. Number one, if he just saw a, if if, if an intern handed him a sheet of paper with a standalone tweet from you that said all the police should be fired, he should know that there's something more to that. Okay, but no, he he wanted to run with that story. But lastly, the other thing is, Roland, I would encourage people this this whole thing with with Biden saying fund the police, things like that. I would really encourage people to read the op-ed uh, article that Biden wrote for the USA Today, June tenth, twenty twenty, when he was running for president, and it said it, and the name of the article is "We Must Urgently Root Out Systemic Racism from Policing to Housing to Opportunity." And right in here, the second line says. He, he, he said federal dollars should not go to departments that violate people's rights or turn to violence as a first resort, but I don't support defunding the police. And then he goes through and breaks this down. He said this during the campaign. He goes through and breaks all this down. But then when you look at when the uh, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, when the talks fell apart in September 2021, September 28, 2021, the article from theweek.com, you talked about it on your show, I talked about it on my show, Largest U.S. police group 
appears to counter Senator Tim Scott. Well, because they, but, 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 because they know he was lying. They know he was lying. And this is the game well, that they play. The game that right. they play, and again, they want to sit here and tag folks with labels. And the point right. is, you're not going to play these games. And the reason you can't play these games with me, Kelly, because I ain't never got got. Okay? I don't go on TV uh, half-cocked mm -hmm. saying stuff. No, I ain't never got got. Now, I don't put a whole bunch of folks in rhetorical body bags who went on TV lying, grossly unprepared. That's why the moment Dan threw it out, you saw my face. I was like, uh, they should be fired for what? What did they do? I knew he was lying. And he still is holding on to that lie. He is sitting here like clutching that, oh my, I can't let go of this lie. Dan, you lying, bro. You're lying. And Kelly, he's been called out left and right by all these people. And if you actually read the media ice story on the site he owned, they really called his ass out. But because he the boss, they couldn't hit him like they would hit Tucker Carlson or Sean Handy or Laura Ingram at Fox News. This entire situation for me is disappointing on so many levels. Um, one of the main ones being is that I actually looked up to Dan Abrams when I was in college because I don't know if a whole lot of people know this. Dan Abrams is a lawyer. So exactly. that's what is really disappointing to me. The fact that he's not just a journalist, he's a lawyer. So there's an added level of ethics and, and conduct that you need to follow as a lawyer. And so in telling the truth and making sure that your facts are straight and making sure that you're representing, you know, any type of fact as correctly as you can, especially when you're not defending anyone or prosecuting anyone, you have an ethical duty to tell the truth on both ends as a journalist and as a lawyer. And he comes from a family of lawyers. His father's a lawyer. So it's, this is not new for him to be telling the truth. So the fact that he did that um, to you is just disappointing on several levels. But not only that, um, the fact that he, his own website is admitting that he's basically failing at his job. So in um, as recently as uh, February 24th of this year, um, that's, this article is not from his job, but uh, this is called TV Newser, where they talk about how News Nation has been struggling um, with Neil Neeson, uh, uh, with N Nielsen rating, excuse me, I'm getting tongue-tied, um, since its launch. It's only launched uh, since January of last year. I personally only know about News Nation because it's the only uh, cable network that airs, uh, um, what's the show called? Uh, In the Heat of the Night. I like that show. And that's my show that I watch as look, I work. Look, 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 Kelly, here's the deal. I know people there. A Adrian Banker got a morning show there. Support Adrian. Uh, I I've talked to her offline. They got some other folk there. Uh, 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 Nicole has a show. But here's the whole deal. What this got to do is with lying. What this has to do is when a person or producer deliberately misinterprets lies, what someone says. Pull the tweet back up. When you cut off the bottom of the tweet, that is the equivalent of doing a half of a quote. That, that's like Kelly saying, 
um, I'm not saying it's right, but this person needs to be uh, in jail. That's like saying, well, leave the first half off. We're going to keep the second half. That's the game that they played. And it was deliberate. If y'all look at the segment again, he's calling me out, Matt, saying, you got this big voice. And I get concerned when I see someone <laughs> like you, Roland Martin, saying these yes. crazy yes. and wild things. And it's like, um, what the hell are you talking about? And so, and the re and so here's what he's doing today. He doesn't want to throw his producer under the bus. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Then I get that. But here's the whole deal. He could have averted this ass whooping if he had just said, you know, Roland, my bad. We should have had the full tweet up. You're absolutely right. I'll correct it tomorrow. Now. That wouldn't even require an apology. They're just saying, I'll correct it tomorrow. No, no, no. He doubled down. He doubled down last night. He tripled down this morning. He got quadrupled down in a statement to media. And so it's like, we about to wet it ass. Because see, here's <laughs> what's about to happen. The National Association of Black Journalists is about to drop their statement calling out Dan for what he did. And so they're going to feel that heat all week, all weekend. And so they wanted me to commit to go on his show on Monday. I said, hell no. Hell no, I ain't committing to that. Because you want me to come on to explain myself when my tweet was clear? No. And, and Matt, you a lawyer? If he pulled that crap in the courtroom, mm -hmm. the judge would admonish his ass. <laughs> Sure would. And Kelly was 100% right, because the first thing I thought about this, this situation is Dan Abrams is a lawyer. If I went into court and I misrepresented to the court half of the facts, especially when I was prosecuting, I'd be called on the carpet for it. But what's even more insidious about this is not only did he double down, he tried to, tried to rile you up, then he tried to sell to his audience that he had riled you up, then he had tried to appeal to your logic and, and emotion and saying, but Roland, you're not the kind who would do this as though you're going to acquiesce to flattery when, in fact, he's lied about the entire context. So that's what I thought was especially insidious about this, and it's indefensible, and you should not go back on his show until he publicly apologizes before you go on the show, and Michael Korn apologizes on behalf of the network. You have your own network. You don't need to give them any more time and space based on this lie that they created and trying to leverage this lie for more uh, views and, and clicks. Well, and, and again, hey, go, go hey. ahead. Kelly, go ahead. Yeah, yeah just one more thing, because um, I don't know if he has already moved to the 9 o'clock slot. He has. But, he has. He I, has. Last night, I was on around 9.30, so he's in the 9 o'clock slot. Okay, so with that being said, he's still in last place in any rating mm -hmm. uh, scale that counts. Um, when he was in the 8 o'clock slot, he was behind not only C Tucker Carlson in the thousands, but also Anderson Cooper, Chris Hayes, and even Stinchfield. Um, and the gap between Stinchfield and himself... Oh, and so we say Stinchfield, don't nobody know that punk ass, that punk ass either. <laughs> and he, and he, that's he, my point. He's on Newsmax, and he, he's a true dumbass, but go ahead. <laughs> no, and, and that's my point, right? Like, the fact that no one knows who Stinchfield is and the gap between the 259,000 viewers that he gets tonight 
versus Dan Abrams 39 in that slot for uh what was it was the age that was the, the total amount of viewers and then for the viewers in the 25 to 54 demo he it was like just 8000 viewers for the eight o'clock slot for Dan Abrams, as opposed to the multiple thousands of followers for everyone else in that slot. So this was definitely a ploy to get more ratings because at the end of the day, even though his career is on paper somewhat, you know, you know, something of note, so is yours, but your integrity is much stronger than his. And so are your ratings, even though you're not on a major network, you have your own. Folks, some of y'all might say, man, we could talk about some other stuff. But I need everybody who's watching to understand why this matters. The next subject we're going to talk about is the same thing. When this white Republican in Indiana makes this offhanded comment about black children and then gets called out and then, oh, I apologize. I, I, I didn't mean for my words to get misconstrued. No, 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 we know exactly what you said. The issue here is this here. Dan lied. His producers misrepresented what I said. Dan refuses to correct it. Dan is so in the pocket of police. He is so deranged when it comes to cops that in his mind, oh, I meant fire all cops. That is one of the most ignorant, ludicrous, ridiculous, crackish, meth-ish comments I've ever heard. It literally doesn't even stand on the base of logic. Hmm. Then he said, prosecute these cops for murder. Is it logical that I would say prosecute every cop in America for murder? So, and he's standing on that. And so that's why I'm gonna call him out. And so, no. I know what Michael Korn asked me to come, no. I will not go on Dan Abrams' show. And here's the deal. I got a better one for you, Michael. Let's see if you accept this invitation. Let's have this conversation on another News Nation show. And matter of fact, let's do it this way. Y'all live right now. Let's do it as a simulcast, Michael. No, I'm not. Matter of fact, see, if you want to do it, Michael, this is how we do it. I'm live six to eight. Why don't you have Dan and me on a show between six and eight when I'm live and we do it as a simulcast. And then we have a conversation between the two of us that's actually moderated by another show host if you want to have a conversation. See, that's how we do this thing here. See, this, so that way it's on News Nation and Black Star right. Network. Y'all want to have that conversation? Let's do that. But will the conversation be on Dan Abrams' show? Hell no. No, it ain't going to be on Dan Abrams' show. Because, see, what I'm not going to do is I am not going to stand there and explain myself when I'm real clear. I remember when I did something stupid, my mama and daddy would say, I ain't got to explain shit to you. 
I knew exactly what the hell I had done. <laughs> and so, Dan, you know exactly what you've done. You trying to be cute. Your ego will not let you admit you screwed up. And so it's your ego that's talking right now. And the greatest downfall, Dan, to a lot of folk is their ego. It's a whole bunch of people who have, with their ego, they have actually lost it because of their ego. And so the thing is this here, Dan. Over here, this Ida B. Wells painting, it says the way to right wrongs is to turn the light of truth upon them. I have hit your ass with a spotlight that's <laughs> as bright as the sun. And I'm going to hit you again and again. Because, see, Dan, this is what I need you to understand. See this shirt I got on? This was a, this was a comment Soledad O'Brien made when somebody black at CNN was criticized. They didn't want me on the show. They said, he ain't the right kind of black. That ain't, and they damn right. I'm a different kind of black. I'm somebody who owns my shit. I don't have to go on News Nation or MSNBC or CNN or Fox News or ABC or NBC or CBS. I don't have to. I could talk on my own platform. And the thing is, you know doggone well what I said is truth. And so, Dan, you should stand up and say, media, I tell it like it is. Be truthful. Be honest. And what you should do is apologize for screwing it up. Apologize, Dan, for doubling down. Apologizing for trying to gaslight. And what's going to happen? We ain't letting go. You're going to feel this next week and a week after that. And until you submit, Dan, until you commit, we're going to stay on your ass. Because what you need to understand is, in the words of my man, if y'all can pull it up, my man Bill Duke, from Menace to Society, that's exactly what's happened here, Dan. That's what happened right here. Now, Dan, you may not be aware of Menace to Society, but I can't think of any other way uh, to, speak, to, to articulate what you've done here. And the thing is, you really could have ended this a long time ago. But no, you chose to let your ego run amok. Now, Dan, Mark Lamont Hill called you a friend. And I've never thought you were one of the crazy guys. You were general manager on MSNBC. Uh, and you've done stuff. I've seen you on ABC with George Stephanopoulos, who I have great respect for. He has great respect for my work. I've been on ABC this week as well. I've seen all of that. All of that, Dan. Go full screen, y'all. But the thing I need you to understand, Dan, is, yeah, you done stepped in this thing, Dan. You done stepped in this thing. And so uh, I just want you to realize, Dan, that, yeah, I ain't going to let go of it. I ain't going to let go of it. Bill Duke, let Dan know what he did.
Will y'all press play, please? <laughs> After I left, other people was coming in they, when we was leaving. But you don't remember what they... What they looked like. But you bought the bottle of beer, definitely, at 12.15. Yeah, it was 12.15, exactly, if I'm not mistaken. It was now 12. you see something. Now you see now. You know fucked up, you know that, don't you? I see what I'm saying. I, no, I, I thought... No, so, you know what I'm saying? You done I, fucked up now. You know that, don't you? <laughs> the more questions that so cop asks, <laughs> the more I thought I was going to never see that. Yeah. Dan, that's you. Let me know when you're ready to issue that apology, Dan. I'll be waiting. You watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Unapologetic. Unfiltered, black owned on the Black Star Network. I'm Donnie Simpson. Hi, I'm Eric Nolan. I'm Shantae Moore. Hi, my name is Latoya Luckett, and you're watching Roland Martin. All right, folks, welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. So... It's really crazy when we think about the stuff that we have to deal with uh, in um, our uh, community. When we have to deal with people who say things and then backtrack when they actually said exactly how they felt um, when they did. And so in um, Indiana, there was a conversation taking place about education. And a Republican legislator actually made a comment about black students. House Education Committee Chairman Bob Benning of Indianapolis said uh, this uh, last week. They were having a conversation with regards to education. They were talking about standardized testing and students. And he literally said, y'all, he, he literally said, just want y'all to understand, that, quote, um, for black students, they don't perform better academically because they lack respect for learning. 
Well, he got lit up because of that. He made the stat showing three out of 1,000 black students in the Indianapolis public school system passed both the English and math portions of the state's I Learn standardized exam last year. This is his apology. I should have been clear in stating what I truly believe to be the biggest obstacles to improving our children's academic performance. I sincerely regret my remarks have been hurtful to others, and I apologize for it. Mark Russell is the Director of Education and Family Services of the Indianapolis Urban League. He joins us right now. Mark, he was real clear in terms of exactly how he felt. He just simply got busted. No doubt about it, Roland. No doubt about it. The thing that jumps out to me uh, on this whole deal is this notion that black folks don't have a respect for learning. What, what this speaks to is this notion from Republicans, what, how they love to ignore all the other aspects that go into education. They ignore prenatal health care for the mother. They ignore, again, health care when the child is born. They ignore living conditions. They ignore poverty. They ignore, uh, is that child getting three meals a day? They ignore all those things, but it's, oh, they have no respect for learning, which is sort of hilarious considering black folks, uh, when we were killed because we were trying to learn to read, now we've always respected learning, is when we have been denied opportunities to actually learn. This has been an unfortunate byproduct of a legislative session this year that has been focused on destruction. Instead of dealing with the real academic challenges of students of color here in Indiana, uh, the supermajority Republican legislature uh, has decided to engage in distraction. So their major focus has been on a CRT bill that would restrict what teachers can teach about factual, actual events, rather than helping the majority of our students succeed. And it's a sad symptom of what's going on in America today, where it is very hard to continue to be a black person in the United States of America. And this roadshow of ignorance has made its way here and has been focused on children that can least afford to carry the weight, which is children of color. And the thing that is crazy here, he, he, this is the person who is the education chair. He controls the money. Yes, he's, uh, Mr. Banning has been a long-time chair of the uh, House Education Committee. I've dealt with him, and the Indianapolis Urban League has dealt with him in good faith over many years. Um, this unfortunately came about uh, in a moment that he was testifying in the Senate chambers trying to get one of his House bills passed. And as he himself admitted, he decided to use a quote, which is an actual fact, uh, that of 1,000 black students in Indianapolis public schools, 30 between the ages of third and eighth grade, 30 that took the I Learn assessment, as we called it, only 30 passed both portions uh, with proficiency, meaning math and English. But he said he chose that fact for its shock value. Now, several months ago, 
uh, a local foundation uh, echoed the same facts, the James M. Fairbanks Foundation, but it was a part of a huge study that they had done that looked systematically at educational challenges facing our youth. It was not to denigrate, but to point out how hard the challenge was, that original quotation. So what's next? He apologized, but I think there needs to be more. Well, he did apologize, but in fact, only one reporter uh, did their due diligence in our media market uh, and asked if we would accept the apology, and we did not. We do not think it was sincere, and again, because all these time and resources has been devoted, have been devoted uh, to distractions and not to actual issues that could help our students navigate the 21st century and the learning curves that it demands, uh, we did not accept the apology. Um, uh, understand, understand. Uh, any comment here from uh, my uh, panelists, uh, Kelly, uh, Michael, or Matt, uh, for Brother Mark? Yeah, I had a quick question, uh, Brother Mark. This is Michael M. Hotel. So the, the study that you mentioned, did the study make any recommendations on improving the uh, test scores or performance of, uh, of African-American students? I'm just curious. Yes, Brother Michael, the study made a host of recommendations, and the authors of that study uh, are held in high esteem in both the black and white communities here in Indianapolis. This is not something that occurred overnight. Uh, it's part of the love affair uh, with assessment testing. And to think uh, people conflate scores on assessment testing with the actual ability to think critically and navigate. I was right. not one that did particularly well on the SAT uh, or other assessments like that, but I obviously was able to complete my education at Indiana University in Bloomington, double major in telecommunications and political science. I uh, have served from the governor's office here to the Urban League. Uh, so a test does not measure intelligence, and tests do not measure the inputs that go into the classroom that are reflected in this output. Right now, for example, within the Indiana standards, it is mandatory that Indiana students learn about the Holocaust. Nothing wrong with that. We totally support that. What is totally missing until this bill and his negative remarks drew a lot of attention is that there are no requirements, no similar requirements that students be taught black history. Right. And that in itself is telling. When that was offered as an amendment in the Senate, the, this bill originated in the Indiana House. When it was offered as an amendment in the Indiana Senate, it was voted down by the Republican supermajority, save two that joined the Democrats. Matt, Kelly? I have a question for you, Brother Mark. Um, as it relates to the iLearn scores, is the money that's earmarked for each respective district in Indiana based on those iLearn scores? And if it is, what has been... Um, uh, Chairman Boehning's position over the last few legislative cycles for increasing money for students in the Indianapolis School District? Well, the uh, 
the per pupil amount of assistance is based on a multi-factor formula, uh, uh, multi-factor formula that's very complex. Uh, but it has been replaced over the years. Uh, since the Republican supermajority took over, there used to be what we called a complexity index, meaning if a student held from a school that was traditionally under-resourced, if they were low income, if they were first-generation learners or heading to college, that district received more money in terms of complexity funds uh, than did other districts. Now, it's a more linear relationship uh, between school, uh, school grades, which we've held in advance now in Indiana for the past three school years. Uh, because of a variety of factors, but it's basically a hold harmless provision that allows the rich districts that were getting the most money since the Republicans became the supermajority. It allows those districts to maintain equal funding and struggling urban schools and suburban schools uh, start from behind and are given less to work with, with even more complex students. Uh, and that includes special uh, ed students of which in IPS in particular, they're about 23% of the student body. Kelly. Yes, so the racist statement aside, has there been any talk within Indiana legislation about reconciling the fact that standardized testing doesn't take into consideration the underlying uh, insidious racism within public schools? So like the factors that these children have to overcome in order to take the standardized testing, lack of uh, food, lack of shelter, there's, a, there, there's a, a wealth gap. There is just several gaps in education that standardized testing does not take into account. So has there been any talk in legislation in your state regarding those matters so that comments like his, while wrong now, will be even more wrong, you know, soon coming. Yes, and thank you for that question. The uh, First of all, your question is premised on the belief that they would ask if such a thing as racism exists. They, vehement, they vehemently deny that it does, or that it is a factor in hindering student performance. That aside, there are documented Opportunity gaps is what we choose to call them uh, because we don't believe in racial gaps. That implies that a deficiency is lays in the part of race. That's not the uh, fact. The fact is there are opportunity gaps that can be associated with race and ethnicity, but primarily poverty, uh, that the General Assembly, the Indiana General Assembly, has chosen to ignore and, again, to kicked and throw sand upon the very fact, uh, in spite of the abundance of evidence that institutional ex uh, racism has existed and continues to exist, in spite of that, they have thrown sand on that idea and have not offered any substantive proposals. It's like, okay, they're drowning. We may as well not even bother with a, a, life, a life raft or a boat. Well, uh, look, uh, keep fighting a good fight. Keep putting pressure on him. Uh, and the bottom line is uh, we know now what he thinks. And now he has to make amends when it comes to allocating the money. Uh, Mark Russell, uh, thanks so much. I appreciate it with the Indianapolis Urban League.
Thank you for your time and commitment. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. All right, folks, a former Indiana teacher at Jimtown High School faces battery charges for assaulting a student. Last week, Michael Hosinki chased a student down to confront him about his attire, specifically his hoodie. When Hosinki catches up to the student, he slaps the student, knocking him to the ground. Folks, look at this video. Uh, you'll see this here. He is facing this preliminary battery charges. Now, two hours after the incident, watch this, slapped him in his face. Two hours after the incident, Hosinki applied for early retirement. The school board granted his request. He will receive his full pension. But folks, after they granted the request, he got loud applause from the board and the audience. Kelly. I'm so glad I don't have children yet. I would already be in jail. Um, that that was incredibly disturbing to watch. I am, I really am kind of at a loss for words for that. Um, and the fact that he got a standing ovation for slapping a black child for no reason is all the more reason why I would be in jail for unthinkable crimes towards that man because you're not going to put your hands on my kid and get away with it. And I'm sure the parents of that young man feel the same way, as well as other parents in the school who have seen this tape. Um, there is absolutely no excuse for such behavior from a teacher, um, anyone, but let alone someone who basically more or less took a pledge to care for your child while they are in that school building. And he just fails on all levels of that. So I, th there definitely need to be harder repercussions for that. Pr charges need to be pressed. Um, jumpsuits need to be worn because he should be in jail. And I see lawsuit, Matt. I absolutely see lawsuit. And I see the school board uh, committing dereliction of duty. I mean, the school board is there to protect children. So if a teacher assaults a kid on campus while in the school and they not only give him a standing ovation, but they give him his pension, I, I don't see how those people keep their seats um, going forward. Obviously, their priorities are messed up. But if I'm a parent, I have children. And if I'm a parent in that school district, I'm calling for all of them to resign immediately. I don't know that that happens, but I mean, this is as far as it goes. Teachers are there to protect and instruct students, not assault them. And they definitely should not be rewarded for doing so. Michael? You know, this is uh, another strange story, and it's coming out of Indiana. And, uh, I, you know, I want to know some more details on this. I want to know, does, uh, is Michael Hosinki uh, or Hosinski, has he slapped any other children? Has he slapped any white children before? I want, I want, I want more details on this. But, yeah, you know, and then for um, him to get a standing ovation— when he retired, when he retired, also, um, that's that's suspect as well. So this is, uh, but but you know, this is one of the reasons why you have a lot of African American children who are choosing to homeschool their children uh, because of the uh, racism and uh, microaggressions and things like this that African American children uh, suffer in schools. Uh, well. Uh, it's uh, absolutely, uh, absolutely crazy. And so, uh, again, we'll see what happens. All right, uh, panel, I really appreciate it. Matt, Kelly, uh, and Michael, thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, folks, we're not done, though. We're going to premiere. After this break, we're going to premiere uh, the first part 
of our 10-part docu-series, uh, 1619 to 2019, uh, the year of return. Uh, I was in Ghana, of course, in 2019 in December, and so we did some amazing stuff there, and you get the first look at it. When we come back from this break, you're watching Bowler Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network. It had been 11 years since my feet first touched the motherland. I visited Ghana in July 2008. It was an amazing time in the world. A month later, Senator Barack Obama would accept the Democratic nomination for president. And people of African descent all over the world were excited. I took time off from my duties at TV1 and CNN to speak at a technology conference in Accra, Ghana to visit several places during my 10-day journey. 11 years later, numerous black celebrities and influencers were visiting Ghana and other African nations, which Ghana dubbed the Year of Return, marking the 400th commemoration, the beginning of people of African descent in the United States. The goal was to complete the circle and reunite the African diaspora. Some called it nothing more than tourism bounty for Ghana and other African nations. But for many people of African descent, represented a spiritual, cultural, and historical journey to link the past with the present. I wanted my trip not to be driven by celebrities and influencers, so I bypassed many of the other trip offers that were available and accepted the one with Desmond and Sheena Mead, grassroots activists in Florida who led the passage of Amendment 4, which restored the voting rights of formerly incarcerated people in that state. The connection is something I could never have imagined. I'm trying not to get emotional and let my eyelashes fall off on this TV screen because I know all your millions of viewers are watching. But even tonight, just it's just been a missing piece of history 
that is missing from our education system back in the States. Our people just don't know. And I feel like when you know you come from, you know where you're going. And I definitely have clear direction more on my purpose, what we need to do as a people, as black people, how we uh, help our, our, our motherland here. And it just feels good to be home. Our group united at JFK Airport in New York City on December 19th for our 10-day trip to Ghana. Our excitement was undeniable. All right, so we're on the plane here. I'm about to take off. We're all seated. There's me back there. Yeah. back there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we um, getting ready for this uh, journey to Accra. Ten days. Uh, we'll be there. It's going to be running gun big time. And so really looking forward to it. Our Ghanaian trip was organized in conjunction with the God Box Foundation. We sat down at the year steering committee on the board. Um, trying to hold the significance to of what the 400 years meant. From the moment we cleared customs, our trip was off to a fast start. <laughs> Instead of landing and immediately going to the hotel, the Godbox Foundation arranged for our group to begin our year of return at night. So we traveled from Accra to Cape Coast, where the Cape Coast Slave Castle, I call it a dungeon, is located. That's where we started. We chain an animal into one and one and sat, but can't in soon or yen and abo some poor. No watch and there will be fear to be fear. The number some poor one are quite be and sana. Ya by hen if ye can say, or yen hen castle. So we have to now that we've done that, we're going to go down and you have to touch the water. That's our ancestors. The ancestors are here. Like I told you, you go, you touch them, you let them know that you're here so that they can give us the blessing before we go inside the door. So if you can. I'm 
Several of them keep uh, asking me to take my shoes off and realize that I'm live on the show. So what's happening is there's literally that door. You can't see it here. This, this is the castle here. This is the castle here. Actually, it's never done. This is done with the God Box Foundation and the God Box Tours because we want to have um, a spiritual experience with the people. It's not just a regular tour. Definitely a, a, a wild factor. I, I, as I walked out, I didn't know what to, what I was going to do, or what to expect of it. But, um, and, but as my feet touched the water, I just, you know, felt to open up my whole spirit. Just open up my whole spirit and receive, yes. receive whatever um, God wanted me to receive through my ancestors. And, I, and just letting them know that they didn't die in vain, that you know, that the fight goes on, the journey goes on, um, and we're gonna carry that journey, especially as representing as black women um, in America. And just seeing this whole experience that the system is still, um, you know, when I look at this, when I, when I stand here, I stand here and just imagine to see prisons in the yard in the United States, um, in the prison walls, you know, that's what I felt, that's what I seen. And um, and I'm just like, just you know, it's it's just a lot of a lot of stuff I'm communicating right now in the spirit that it's just I probably won't even understand it all until I leave. But I just I know God sent us here. I know we're here for a purpose. I know the ones that came as a group is something that God is calling us to to do. Um, and um, it's, it's it's very it's very emotional to me because you know I you, you know you read about it in history. You know, you talk about, you see it on our side, you know, of the United States, but to actually come here and see where this, this story of slavery started um, and connecting the dots is just a wild factor for me right now. He said it's time to go. Thank you. It's all right. We'll be back. Got it. Yep. My knees work. That's what we do. Hold on, hold on one second. That's what we do out here. I got you. I appreciate it. <laughs> this is a different experience. It's going to be dark inside. This is deliberate. We turned off the lights inside. You might not see too much, but you're going to feel everything.
these are the um, these are the various wreaths that people have left uh, to uh, the various ancestors. Ray, uh, they, they lie on the walls here. Uh, many people when they come here, they actually uh, uh, leave uh, mementos because literally we are in a room that I mean, you know, they packed um, uh, so many folks into this um, into this uh, this dungeon here. As we um, got out the van, um, I felt like the cry, the, the cry as, as, as different ones were being approached in this direction. And it just, with inside myself, I just felt like the tears just wanted to just come scream and just say, no, help, help. And um, as we began to tour and I seen the difference of, of um, how our generation, how they went through certain things. And then, you know, we were able to just, um, just, experience that she said experience that the some of the some of the experience that they have experienced even though we, we wasn't there in flesh but our spirit is still grieving from the time that they have came through and went through whatever they went through for us i'll be in power for my sisters and uh, they might have been behind the walls but we will come from behind the walls and be stronger and really speak up for our race and, and, and uh, one of the brothers kept saying, I'm sorry, mommy. I said, no, you know, I'm sorry for, for y'all because y'all experienced the first part. And we got the impact of it. Uh, our grandmother and grandfathers over there being beaten and can't vote and getting bombed in their house for trying to stand up and be empowered, you know. So, you know, the, I just hope that we will be able to bring some of our young men's here to see this, you know, mm -hmm, yeah. and before they can stop some of the killing each other and what have you, you know, abusing their bodies and, 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 and what have you. So, Gilbert, this is one of the, um, this is where women were in here? We're in a female dungeon, slave dungeon right now. This is where all the women were taken from pregnant women. Mothers, women that were pregnant uh, and, and gave birth in here. Um, some of them died here. Uh, some of them never made it out. Some of them did right next to the uh, the door of return. That's the that's that's, that's yeah. Well, <laughs> that's that's the window. That's the window. That's the one thing that they had to <laughs> breathe through um, initially. Uh, if we if we come uh, tomorrow, we can see. Um, there's a certain level at the bottom where some of you, the feces, mm. you know, because they, they had to do everything in here. I mean, right. you can imagine um, the kind of experience they were going through. Um, some of them never made it out. Um, and when they did, um, sometimes they were buried right here in this castle because you had families that were waiting outside looking for their family members, hoping to see them. Um, so they made sure that they never made it out, out of here. Um, a lot of the times they won't tell you, but uh, we're actually walking on a graveyard. Some of these, some of our ancestors were buried right here. I think um, a couple years ago, Smithsonian mm -hmm. um, came in. They did. They dug up some stuff. They saw boxes of bones all throughout. In fact, there's a mass grave where the people were standing. That's over there. I Man, I was here. Um, I was here in 2008. I mean, it's totally different. I mean, 
I mean, you look, you hear, you hear these, you hear the, you hear the water. I mean, it's gorgeous skies, breeze, but <laughs> I mean, it's just pitch black. The terror that happened here. I mean, I, just couldn't, I couldn't imagine family standing out there and having not having any idea what happened to their family members. I mean, this is the atrocity that folks don't want to deal with. And all, now I'll have some whites who will say, oh, you know, Africans sold people into slavery. But, but I remind people that the Africans that took, took part, those slaves remained in Africa. Yes. As opposed to, to those that were being taken exactly. to Brazil, to North and America, and completely cutting off, forgetting your religion, forgetting your dialect, Destroyed forgetting your customs, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so across the board, it's bad. It's bad. But, but there's... What, what, what the Portuguese and the Americans did doesn't even really compare yeah. to anybody else. That's why when I was here last time, because uh, there's a church on here, um, and I wouldn't go. I said, I said that's not real Christianity. Yeah. You can't make this up. No, it happens. Well, I mean, I remind people all the time. Yeah. The Holocaust took place in Germany. Mm -hmm. it didn't take place in America. Exactly. Slavery was in America, and we, and we still feel it today. Yes. I mean, it, 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 400 years later, it... it still impacts everything in American society. Well, I call it, and I, be, I say it all the time on my show, uh, the need for a reprogramming um, of our people. Um, because when you also think about, look, I'm in media. And so when you think about what we've been told, we've been told to hate ourselves. Look, people, you bring them to Africa, you bring people like, oh my God, they start freaking out, having no idea, no idea. Um, uh, of the people of the culture, of the flavor, of all those things, they have no idea. That's why, it, that's why it, you gotta be able to come back and then connect. You, you can't call this a castle. Yes. No, this is, this, is a, this is a graveyard, this yes. is a dungeon. Yes. We've been trying to get this name changed for a long time. Um, Hopefully with you, we can, we can make that happen. It's not a castle. We can make that happen. That ain't the image I have of a castle. Exactly, yeah. and it's disrespectful to our ancestors. So somehow, some so sort of glorification. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, it, well, well it, it, it softens it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well, we're, we're visiting the slave castle. Yeah. No, no, no. no. We're visiting, we're visiting dungeons, graveyard. Yeah. But I'm glad to be back. Yes. Yes. Folks, it was uh, certainly uh, an amazing experience. Uh, we are going to be airing a, a new episode every Friday. Every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, we'll be airing a new episode. It'll be right here uh, on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network, uh, on the app as well. We're going to be restreaming that, this first part, uh, later tonight. It's going to be a standalone on the app as well. So please, I want you to spread it. I want you to share it uh, with your friends and family. Uh, folks, this is why... It's important uh, for you to support what we do. Uh, this, that, tr that trip there uh, was about $45,000 in terms of, because uh, I hired a you know, crew there. We had uh, camera operators, we had producers, we had driver, uh, and we shot some amazing stuff. I, I cannot wait until y'all get to see all 10 parts. 
Uh, and so it's just amazing stuff uh, in the end. But same thing with Liberia. Uh, that was about 40, 45, almost $50,000 as well. And we're putting that stuff together. We're going to be having that stuff uh, for you as well. And so it's, it's really important. And this is why Black-Owned Media matters. Um, you know, we want to be able to present you this type of content that other people are not showing you different perspectives, a different side of Africa, a different side of these countries, uh, and, and talking to people who are there. Wait until y'all hear the conversation that I had with expats, African-Americans who now live in Ghana. It is an unbelievable conversation. Uh, my goodness, uh, going to the W.E.B. -E -E Dubois Institute where his, uh, where his grave is, is actually at the Institute. And so um, I can just go on and on and on. And so I can't wait uh, for y'all to see it. And so definitely uh, restream it, pass the information on, let folks know what we're doing. This is also why we need your support, uh, because again, your dollars make it possible for us to do what we do. Uh, and so when you give, we're able to do what we do. So of course, Cash App is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com, rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. Uh, and so uh, I got to give a, you know, certainly a, a shout out uh, to folks uh, who have been uh, supporting us, uh, who have been uh, contributing uh, during the show. Uh, Sabrina Umstead, uh, thank you so very much. Uh, as I look here, uh, Jerry Holiday, uh, thank you so very much. Uh, let's, uh, let's see here, I'm going down here, folks. Uh, Bia Sally, Mr. Fun, Tasha Salisbury, Brian Dale Pearson, uh, Justin Collins, Loretta Walker, uh, let's see here, Craig Wilson, Brenda Coleman of Flinnery. Um, I'm going down here again. Uh, I've got more, let's see, I got, I got Skype payments. I'm looking, Barbara Jones, uh, thank you so very much. Barbara, thank you very much for that. Uh, let's see here, uh, Tommy Williams, Victoria Miles, Monique Watts, uh, Haruna, Clarissa Jones, Fayetta Sawyers, Corey Brown, Karen Silas, Jeffrey Townsend, Dwayne Sales. Uh, Kim, Eric Sterling, Matthew, Latoya Fears, Richard Pettigrew, Altwin Banks, Sherlina Watkins, Joan Warren, Rob, Rob Prelo, Monique Pierre, Geraldine Watson, uh, all those folks. And so again, if y'all want to support more stuff like this, uh, please, uh, please contribute. Join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar you give, again, it's supporting the very people who are there. We left money in Ghana. We paid for crews there, for staff there, for drivers there, so all of that sort of stuff. And so again, uh, please support us. As you see, uh, you don't flash to it, just keep the name scrolling. These are people who are members of our Brenda Funk fan club. Again, Cash App is dollar sign RM Unfiltered, PayPal's R Martin Unfiltered, Venmo's RM Unfiltered, Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com, uh, and PO Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037, if you want to support us and do what we do. Folks, thanks, thank you so very much. Sunday is a 57th, 57th reenactment uh, of Bloody Sunday taking place uh, in uh, Selma. Vice President Kamala Harris will be in Selma speaking. Uh, just so you know, you're the first one to know. I just got the email. I'll be flying on the plane with her to Selma on Sunday. We will be live streaming her walking with the folks there across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, as well as her remarks there in Selma. And so we look forward to that. And so again, y'all wanna stay tuned to that. Uh, this weekend, I'm gonna be speaking tomorrow at the public service for Askia Muhammad. 
Uh, he is the longtime Nation of Islam uh, member and journalist. He passed away last week. He, uh, he was on my TV One show. And so we certainly uh, condolences to uh, Skia's family. So I'll be speaking at his memorial service tomorrow. But again, on Sunday, uh, I will be there in Selma with Vice President Kamala Harris as we are broadcasting uh, her uh, remarks there and the folks are going to be there in Selma as well. Mark Thompson is already on the ground. We're going to be carrying his feed from Selma as well. And so again, folks, that's the kind of stuff that we're doing here at Black Star Network. I can tell you right now, these other black-owned outlets, they aren't doing this. They aren't doing exactly what we're doing. Uh, News Nation, they ain't doing this here. Uh, CNN, MSNBC, Fox, they're not doing this. This is why black-owned media matters, and that's why your support matters, and we certainly appreciate it, folks. And so I shall see you guys on Sunday from Selma with the Vice President, uh, Kamala Harris. Until then. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.